Music to our ears. We're live from Rio, baby. We're here on the beach. <laughs> Mr. Drew reporting in alongside special guest, Jason. Jason. We you're are on Copacabana Beach. You're not my wife. I'm not why, your wife. Why, what am I doing here in Rio? Big samba bands, blocko parties galore, sunshine. I'm without my wife, I'm with you. We came here for the culture. We went to Christ the Redeemer. We went to the cathedral. We went to a football game. So it's just been a cultural trip, really. Lots of culture. I mean, what would you say has been your highlight so far? Uh, two highlights. Going to the American Us Stadium for a cup final. Amazing atmosphere. That's for a different podcast. What, I, what I've loved is I thought Carnival was, you know, looking at floats like Notting Hill and, you know, people dancing samba, but it's been the blockers. I didn't know about blockers before. Should we tell them about blockers? What the hell is a blocker? A blocker is a street party, which is an impromptu gathering of people, no set time, no set agenda. They just meet at a vague time and party <laughs> hard. Well described, and I would say... There's two highlights for me, and both revolve around blockers. So basically, we blockered every day. We blockered hard. It's been blockeration. I couldn't block her today because I, I think I was blockered out. My man was all blockered out. But yeah, so my, my first blocker highlight was last night when we got home and had no plans mm. because we'd, we'd been to the strip twice already. Not the strip club, Mrs. The strip. And uh, we were like, okay, let's have a Horlicks and go to sleep. I was on the Horlicks tip. I was, Horlicks tip. I was ready to go to bed. In fact, I came to find you to <laughs> say, have a good night, boys. I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit old for this. And then I heard the sound outside our room. Yeah, your hips started shuffling. It was all over. And I was like, oh, if there's a blocker outside, I can't, I can't ignore it. So that, that was like 11.30 and we were in bed by 2.30. Yeah, we blockered hard. Night blocker. That was our first night blocker. That was a weird blocker though, because it felt like um, it felt like a a, a march, a Brazilian hippie march. There's a real, there's a big LGBT community out here, yeah. and it people just are free. I think that, that's the that's the word of our trip. Yeah, our first night we we met this guy um, who took a shine to us, should we say? Six guys, and he just said, and this is the kind of. The, the, the quote of the of the trip he said you've got to be free you've got to be free take your shirt off my wife's never said that to me how about you yeah. <laughs> my wife's never said be free the opposite put your shirt off <laughs> <laughs> it's a Thursday night what are you doing so uh, we uh, yeah and because it's hot you think, yeah, it would be nice to be free. Now here's the irony: it's pissing down right now as we're recording. We've got a parasol and all kinds of shit. And I, I thought, it, I thought we'd be able to do a bit of Instagram clip. We might do that later anyway, just to give you a sense of what it's like around here. But this is not typical weather. It's a slight drizzle, but we're surviving. We're here to bring you the podcast. I mean, I don't, I don't expect the violins to be playing because it's still about <laughs> 25 degrees, and we're on a beach. Still in our shorts. <laughs> and we're in our shorts. Uh, so a bit of drizzle is acceptable. There you go. And then the second highlight, blocker-wise, blocker-ration. I've got three, so I'm going to squeeze in number two. So this morning we went to another blocker. Oh, here goes a helicopter. Someone's had too much caprinha. And um, it was as if the party had continued from last night. And everyone was just happy and smiling. And the big difference between this and Notting Hill Carnival is particularly when you talk about the LGBT aspect of it, no one is afraid to be themselves, which is something quite unusual for 
essentially a festival, right? A week-long festival. The entire city of Rio out partying and just tops off. Titties out if they want to. Weird, fancy dress costumes. Lots of Mario's. Get it. Lots of Mario's. Uh, lots of uh, Wonder Women. What else did we see? Mario seems to be the favourite costume, to be honest. Uh, a few Bart Simpsons. A couple of Batmans. A few Batmans. Basically, Batman or Batman? Bat- Batman. Mans. Dressed as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Random. Random. Okay, so. Now we're good, boss. Thank no, you very much. You. Juicy prawns on offer, but we'll pass. Because, you know, street food and all that. Well, that's not been too bad, eh? So, um, in terms of music, I was interested uh, to see when we were at the clubs that um, people aren't kind of so much into the US music. It's more local stuff. Did you find? Yeah, the, the music is local. They all go lose their minds to certain tracks we've never heard of. They all know the words. It's kind of a combination of samba, some kind of reggaeton type vibe. I haven't heard a single Drake track since we've been out here, which is quite unusual to go out to a club and not hear Drake. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the music is different, but like any music, if you see people enjoying it and you feel the energy, you just join in, it's nice. The vibe takes you. And what about, how did you find the, the live music experience? Because what was interesting to me also was that they don't have they're not obsessed with DJs in the clubs, right? Um, no. And there's lots of live bands. Even on our first night, it was a live band just on the street. People aren't into the sound systems so yeah, much. Yeah, it's, it's odd because obviously Notting Hill Carnival is all about the sound systems and there's very little live music. So it's a different it's a different vibe. It's it's very live and organic and yeah, it's, it's different. It's nice. Okay. And how would you describe the... How do you describe the, the people? The people are very friendly. Um, I mean, we're at a carnival, so they're all here to party. Um, there's a wide range of ages, obviously. Like the one we went to yesterday, it was just all teenagers, and they were just standing around, not really doing very much. This was meant to be the biggest blocker of, uh, what was it, Sunday evening? I think we turned up late, to be fair. We turned up late. Yeah, so we may have missed the action. But kids just standing around doing teenager stuff, you know, it's it's uh, good. But the club we went to, the big club, uh, Rio, what's it called, Rio Scenarium. Rio Scenarium. There was a, the average age was probably about late 40s. Three floors. Three floors of music. Live band on the bottom floor. Live band on every floor, isn't it? Well, no, the tra- that sound rolled up from the live yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was one club bit that was started off reggaeton then it got a bit random the DJ was a bit of a bedroom DJ (laughs) (laughs) but you know what it's all about the vibes and you know for me it's a trip of a lifetime because my first time in South America so loving it loving it loving it so hopefully you're not too jealous listening to um, uh, our highlights from our trip to Rio normality will resume by the time you hear this <laughs> there's going to be a whole lot of hateration a whole lot of hateration particularly when we start posting those videos baby um, so we do have uh, a loose agenda of short it's going to be of sorts it's going to be a, a slightly shorter pod than usual because you know we've got blockers to go to yeah <laughs> don't want to be sitting around here um, chatting about the experience we could be having so uh, news that Drake is releasing a new album 
and he said it's going to be shorter than his previous one, the 25-track Scorpion. Can you remember that one? Yeah, Scorpion, if I'd have been the uh, A&R, I would have edited down to 12 tracks. It's um, an and it would have been a, it would have been his one of his best albums. It's interesting because yeah, you could have maybe squeezed it down to 13, 14 tracks and made a classic from it. But it requires a lot of attention, doesn't it, when you hear a double album? I think that's the definition of double albums. They're an artist who can't because every every artist when they produce an album produces 20 plus tracks, and then you whittle it down to or something more. that's a, a nice package, and it's lazy to just send out everything. There's always going to be filler. In a double album, there's always going to be filler. There's no... I was just looking at all, like a list of my favourite albums. None of them are double albums. Because you can't have that much content and keep up the quality. Yeah, so Even the greatest artists in the world. Did you like that last album, though? Scorpion. Scorpion's an album... Uh, like everything in this kind of era where you would I wouldn't listen it from beginning to, to end mm. I'd have tracks that I'll put in a playlist and he had a lot of tracks that you'd put in a playlist for different different moods obviously Drake does the usual thing where he has a bit of hip hop relatively hardcore trying to be grimy has the singing whiny you know I've broken up with my girl stuff so you put the different tracks in different playlists but I'd never listen I don't think I've ever listened to Scorpion since the first time I think one of my favourite tracks is the one with Ty Dollar Sign After Dark yeah that's the one that Tyler's creator went mad for isn't it is it don't know I think so uh, yeah it. so I, I, it's, a, it's a good album but it's too long so and he's admitted as much he says actually um, <laughs> I need to be more disciplined and put out something that's going to be 13, 14 tracks um, which even in today in today's um, scene if you like is fairly long because a lot of people are doing EPs that's quite common right yeah so what for you is like the perfect length of an album I think the perfect length is 12 tracks yeah and I think 12 tracks is long enough to be able to talk about different topics but all on the theme albums about themes rather than a mixtape I think 12 tracks is is the right one anything else you just basically being lazy some people get away with a bit longer but would still fit on a CD in old days like Voodoo was about 13 tracks but they were very long yes, so it was, about an, yeah, eight, it was yeah, an 80 yeah, minute yeah, album yeah, yeah. so it was a long album but a classic so it's almost you know what I find it almost a distraction when you look at the album and you've got 25 tracks to read yes, through it's, it's like, uh, anxious you're like uh, when am I going to fit time in oh god do the washing up we're just, <laughs> we just talking today about the uh the, the classic latest example is, is Chris Brown releasing essentially a triple album, Heartbreak on a Full Moon. He's a recording addict though, but isn't he? I would say he, he's crazy if he thinks people are going to listen through to that. But then I talked to you before about how I think he releases that much content because these days you get money for streaming and you get money for um, every song can be bought individually right. on iTunes so I think he uh-huh. produces content okay. so he yeah, gets yeah, more yeah, money yeah, 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 so yeah. more content more money um, but he I think it's it's not good artistry yeah he needs to think about his uh, artistic legacy and um, I think he's actually losing a lot of good music because he's shunting it into projects that no one's going to sift through because a lot of it is really good well I, even the last one Indigo I, I, I listened to it 
kind of in the background because it's just I couldn't sit down and listen to. It. I was doing no. other stuff. So I didn't actually catch. It. And then you hear songs on the radio saying, "Oh, that's a, that was on that I, album." I, like, didn't, I didn't hear it. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> hear that because just all the others just bump from filler. So we're going to get into now the favourite long ass album that you actually do go back and listen to and you do like. And you know, granted that, as you said. There's no such thing as an album that's good from start to finish. But which album would you say is your favourite long-ass album which you can tolerate the most and actually enjoy? Um, I've literally thought of an, another one. Can I have two? Please choose one. Because you may have chosen the same well, one no, as me. Not, it's not, and it's, it's a, a special genre. Podcast. It's a different got to go genre. Back to the blockers. It's a different genre. Okay, go for it. Uh, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Okay. Slick. It's long... It's double, and, and it's got classic tracks. That was at a time when no one was doing that. No one was doing it. I, obviously, I wasn't around at the time, but people were going crazy, like, what are you doing? I do believe you were around at the time. I haven't got data, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't Google. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it came out. But, uh, yeah, that is a, that's a classic double album. That's, that's the archetypal, someone who's producing content and he's releasing double albums because he's got so much excellent good quality mm. content and a lot of people you know I used to work at a music magazine Echoes magazine and my editor there Chris Wells was obsessed with songs in a key of life now imagine that and a lot of a lot of the artists he spoke to would give that as their default answer what's your favourite album it would be like even if they weren't that fond of it that would yeah. be the, the, the hipster answer to go for oh, I'm a hipster now yeah and consider that as a double album no one really says my favourite album is a double album but so imagine doing that in I think I would have been the 80s so that would have been quite groundbreaking so that's a good pick thank you but that's not your main one is it you're cheating and you're going for two no that, that I think actually that's my favourite that's an album double album that if I can listen from start to finish can you remember the first time the first time you became conscious that you know this is an album I really enjoy because as you said when you're growing up it wasn't an album that was on the background so as you know my dad is very much into music and he used to have so much music and vinyl so in those days when you had an album part of the experience was having the album cover yeah. and had that very iconic you know the sleeve notes sleeve, and you read the sleeve notes and you read the the personnel in the track so he had it and that's when I first remember listening to it but when I don't think till I don't think it's till you're about teenage years that you actually appreciate quality music you might like a song you don't appreciate really good quality music so I think it wasn't until I was at uni when somebody had it and was just playing it and I listened to it again so I got onto it as a classic album probably in my early 20s okay so interesting you should mention how we listen to albums when we are kids or teenagers right because we're going to get on to that whole conversation around kids our kids and their musical tastes <laughs> and interestingly well I'll save it for later but uh, interestingly there's been some developments in the elder child's side in terms of her musical taste which I'll get into later okay. but I think for me I first heard that album really late like mid 20s yeah um, I would say in all honesty I didn't really uh, gravitate towards it in terms of you know I wasn't able to listen to it the whole way through and think oh wow this is amazing but it, it gradually seeped into my consciousness and I was like okay yeah this is quality music but I still wouldn't go back and, and listen to it and say you know I'm just going to keep this running the whole way through I think, I think it's still too long yeah I, I can appreciate that I can appreciate that 
It's also got probably my favourite song of all time. As Chloe, my middle child, always asks me. Hers changes every week, obviously. We're going to talk about kids later. Which is what? What's that? As oh, wow, yeah, because you had the, um, quite a few covers of that. George Michael George and, and um, Mary Blige. Mary, wow. Love that. Okay, so... But if I can say my other one, mm. uh, which is my usual genre of music. I thought you weren't going to say it, and I was going to steal it. No, you can't steal it. It's, it's a shorter than usual podcast. Please let me steal it. <laughs> and we can talk about it. I'm going to steal it. Come okay, on. a joint one. Okay. So a joint pick, so you've really got one and a half, I've got one. As, as a guest, I'll give you that. Is Life After Death. Oh, Biggie. Notorious B.I.G. Big Papa. Now, imagine imagine when you, or think back maybe, to the first time when you heard that album was coming out. Yeah? Yeah. And it was called Life After Death. Yeah. It had that title. Imagine what it was like. Puffy to release that album as a head of Bad Boy Records and Life After Death actually turned out to be a prophetic masterpiece for his number one artist on the label. You say that but at the time because it's got the picture of Biggie with a hearse. It is but I think you have to put it in context because obviously he died very soon after the release of the, of the album or just before. before. Yeah. So, But at the time people were obsessed with death. Everyone was talking about death and Tupac had died mm. so I think at the time it didn't seem like a weird thing because so he was always. The man is offering us a, a blue scarf and we're on Copa to come no, thank Beach. you. It's a hammock, actually. That's a hammock? I'll pass. Thank you, boss. No, so, no, thank you. Cheers. We're just putting it. Putting out here. No, good, really. Thank you. No, thank you. That won't happen again in the podcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because my kids never offer me a drink whilst I'm podding with the missus. <laughs> or anything. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, people were, people in that time were talking about death. They were obsessed with death all the time. So it wasn't weird at the time. It looks prophetic now, but he was talking about death. The first album was Ready to Die. So That's true. So it ended a with a song called Suicidal Thoughts, really where he took his thing. own life. So it's just his thing. Um, but that was a huge release. I, t- I tell you, when it came out, I'll tell you exactly what it's going. I was, uh, we were out with my, my cousin Bob was in, in England. Oh yeah, shout out to and, Bob. And uh, it came, it came out, and these are the days when you bought a CD. So I got the CD, but I can't remember who was driving, but they wouldn't let me put it in the CD. I didn't really want to listen to Biggie with parents mm-hmm. in the car. No so radio edits in those What days. you did is you used to read the liner notes before you got to listen to the song. That was part of the build-up, right? That was the build-up. And do you know, I'll I'll tell you something that I'll never forget. I was looking through the tracks and obviously you hadn't, they didn't pre-release tracks. So I saw this track called Mo Money, Mo Problems. And I looked at the, with with Puffy stuff, you always used to look at the samples. (laughs) So I looked at the samples and I was like, he's sampled down the source. This is going to be whack. This is going to be a whack track. And then I I played it and that was obviously one of the biggest tracks of the whole album. Uh, but it was the build-up, and when you got home, you put it in, and it was a big thing. It's not like clicks, download. I mean, I sound very old now, but I think you missed that physical thing. And funny enough, Katrina, who you had on the podcast at Christmas, she loves CDs. She's yeah. always, she bought some CDs the other day. I really love to hear that. She loves she loves the physical aspect of owning music. I don't. I'm quite happy to be digital, but I do think I enjoyed that experience, that part of the life after death experience. And that was, um, there's something else, different experience to have a double CD, right? Yeah. You open each 
little compartment and um, you're like you, you want to listen to it in order so obviously this is a days before streaming so I'm happy to listen to it from track one and make time for myself I say I'm going to be sitting here for an hour and a half yeah. and I'm going to soak this in it's not, not, none of this casual kind of let it seep in as you're driving or you know doing whatever you I made time yeah, exactly. to listen to it. Exactly. No and and like with Biggie, because he was such an amazing lyricist, you wanted to listen to it and listen to it all, because he had so many funny lines. And uh, you just wanted to take in all the lines yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. tell people, do you hear what he said? He's a storyteller. Because, well, he had that tune on the back to it, they fat. I've got a story to tell. I've got a story to tell. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. It's very decent. You begin to visualise what he's saying. And that ended disc one. Yeah. So yeah, you're like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah, this yeah, two yeah. is like a build. This two, actually, this two probably wasn't as good. Let's be, be honest, this, this two was kind of weak. It was. He had and the Bone Thugs tune. He had the Bone Thugs tune, and he had. I think Sky's Field was on the second one. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, it was. It, uh, to be honest, I I struggled to listen to it from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, but of all the double albums, I think it's the one with the. Very good content, not too much filler. So that was 1997, yeah. literally weeks um, after his death. And I remember the Hypnotized tune was released, and that was huge, humongous. Uh, and then, yeah, more money, more problems, like you say. You but called me the night he today. died, did I? Yeah, you called me the night he died. I said, Can you believe it? Because this is the day before, before Google and before Twitter. Was, was that confirmation at the time? You heard from very good sources. I can't remember what, but you said, I can't believe it, Biggie's died. You're the first one who told me. No, no TMZ business back in those days. No. TMZ will tell you you're dead before you know it. <laughs> yeah, so this this was... Um, you know, and there was quite a few rumours back in those days where you'd, like, you'd have to tune into Choice FM yeah. the following day <laughs> yeah. to, to find out if it was true. Yeah, so yeah, man, that's that's a that's a huge album. I think, like you say, it's still difficult to listen to it from start to finish. But um, for what it was, uh, that's definitely a, a top pick. So, final discussion point we've got. What did I say to you? We're going to talk about our you kids. short albums. No, you're not do that. Oh, short. We did short albums. Okay, quickly, quickly. You got a pick? Uh, Favorite short ass album. My favorite short album is Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. Ten tracks. 38 minutes or something ridiculous. I didn't realise it was ten tracks. Ten tracks. And Quincy Masterpiece. Just Quincy Jones. A masterpiece. His best album in my eyes. But controversial, I suppose. Is that start to finish classic? Start to finish classic. You got the track list there? Yeah, I mean, it's the Falling in Love is weak, a little bit weak. Which is out of my life. You have to be in a kind of Drake mood to listen to that. But classic. Is that the one that had the Paul McCartney "She's Mine"? Was no, that that's on that's on filler. I always mix those two albums up. Yeah. Okay, that's a good shot. I think um, I, as a child, would have listened to it the whole way through. I think every Michael Jackson release was a, a moment. Do you know the because we we were very young at that time, and uh, I was disappointed when I heard Thriller because. The Thriller video had the making of. Do you remember the, the making of video? And it, 
it had lots of off the wall tracks on there because obviously Thriller hadn't come out. Right. So I heard all these tracks. I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait for the album. None of them were on Thriller. I was, I was the only person out in the on the planet who was a bit disappointed with Thriller. He wasn't <laughs> there. But it's the, you know with Michael Jackson albums just to wrap it up quickly. I think they tend not to age quickly. So I would never listen to Bad Again in terms of Bad putting it. it on and leave it. It's very very. 90s but just coming out of the 80s if that makes sense yeah it's very poppy it's very poppy who's 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 turning up Dirty Diane in their car yeah I mean that's yeah uh, I'm not a massive fan of that but my man Duncan he, that's his favourite album of all time wowzers <laughs> he, he actually plays that I think there's some nostalgia because it's you know it came okay. out when we were in our formative years we have this debate all the time it's, it's his favourite album of all time it is unusual what I'd say Music Titan, we're live here from, not Copacabana Beach, Leme Beach, which is an extension, if you like, of Copacabana Beach. It's one long stretch, goes on for miles and miles and miles. And oh we've yeah. been enjoying the, the blockos, the colourful sights of Carnival. We've timed it right, haven't we? Yeah? Carnival week. Yeah. And uh, you know, now once again, apologies going out to Miss Lou, who's um, not in Rio with me. We've got Jason... Yeah, I'm missing my family. I'm missing my family as well. I'm sure you do. Yeah, FaceTime every day. There you go. Check in and all that. So the final subject matter we had... I keep doing this. I haven't given you my selection. So my favourite short (laughs) album is... It's the Capellinas. My favourite short album is B by Common. You like that one? Okay. Is it short? Very short. It's like 45 minutes. Okay. You you got Wi-Fi on the beach? I haven't got Wi-Fi, but I've got that album in my phone. Oh, and I go. can just double-check so the I'll, stats I'll, I'll 48 mas- minutes. That's yeah. not short. I would say anything under an hour is short. It's 11 It's 11 How many tracks? Songs? 11 tracks, yeah. So very, very concise. That is, I guarantee you, for anyone who is who claims to be a hip-hop fan, a start-to-finish album. It is start-to-finish. And it's, it's a sign of someone, well, Kanye, basically, who managed to just... I'm sure there were probably about 30 tracks that they made. There would have been a lot of artistic dispute. Uh, but yeah, I agree. B is a, a, is a classic hip-hop album in my top 10 hip-hop albums. There you go. So we're aligned. So that is, that is uh, you mentioned Kanye there, one of his major works as a producer. So before he was um, <laughs> Yeezy and before he um, began to develop all manner of strange behaviours, he was actually a producer that made good artists great and great artists like Common exceptional in terms of their output because I think even Common looks at that and says you know doesn't matter what came before or after this this was the one in terms of quality you might say like what of chocolate potentially with, with Diller do you know what I Common's done a lot of good albums and I think his last one is underrated is actually way under the radar probably equal to Black America again I think it's equal to B I love it I love it I'm not following you there okay I'm not I'm, I'm not taking that path with you okay fine. I will not have it we don't have to agree about everything not at all <laughs> so um, B I really really liked On The Corner and there was a tune which is not useful for a podcast but I forget the name of it Real People that didn't make the album but was just fantastic. And I can't remember <laughs> That's the name. not good for a not, podcast. Not helpful for a podcast. <laughs> what the hell? Do your <laughs> search. 
<laughs> There's a track on Kanye's album. Uh, I'm humming it in my head. I think graduation. Was it graduation? Where he says, "Common passed on this beat. I made it to a jam." They obviously had a lot of disputes about. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I don't know what you're talking about. No, is it oh, on the next no, album? No, oh. Is it on the next album? It wasn't. They did a, a lot. I think they might have included a live version of it on the B side to the corner. But it didn't make the album. I was pretty cheesed off about that. Uh, oh, man. I, I went to I'm the fit. crib. I'm sensing. Uh oh. Uh oh. You know the one. I know that one. That was, that's the cut. That's it wasn't on the album. Oh, okay. Didn't make it. Which has really helped. So you guys at home. I bet there's going to be an edit in this when you listen back. He'll <laughs> say, I remember the song. It was called... Nah, shit, bro, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when we went to those record shops in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> Dance DJs that used to go to a record shop and do that. Tunes with no lyrics. So yeah, that's my that's my pick. So final topic. You've got to get back to the partying and the blockers. Sorry, guys. Um, our kids and their musical tastes. This is an interesting one because let's be honest, right? We both had two teenagers and then big gaps right yeah and because of the big gaps you know the kids what they listen to their musical choices are bullshit yeah because ultimately yeah they don't know about the music yet I try and teach them you, you try it's hard you know the the middle one who's eight she is open to listening to 70s and 80s like Bill Withers uh, Rose Royce they tend to hear classic music um, at school somehow they introduced to it I don't know in which context but when I play stuff she's like oh yeah I know that well she'll start to recognise samples now so she's interested yeah but the eldest child the big turn of events actually whilst we were here in Rio got a text from the missus saying uh, yeah the eldest child has started to get into 90s R&B I'm really happy <laughs> <laughs> proud I'm really proud um, I wouldn't be too proud because 90s R&B was, some of it was quite nasty Oh, in comparison, come on, you could play an album and not worry about cursing. To what exa- give me examples? Well, it's easier to find examples. It's harder to find examples of albums you couldn't play from start to finish. No, as in examples of what she's into. Oh, I've no idea. She just sent me the text saying oh, right, she's okay. into 90s R&B. So I think it'll be stuff like, you know, basically, Mrs. Keeps a playlist of, you know, Mary, Monica, Brandy, uh, Drew Hill, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, talking, talking R&B, yeah? Uh, so that's a positive thing for me because now I can begin to introduce her to albums but generally I find at school she seems to be picking up on a broad range of music I was more closed minded at that age I think because that was the age I was starting to (laughs) and maybe because of the people I hang around with starting to listen to stuff that was cool if you like and then as you listen to it, you're like, actually, yeah, this is what I'm about. And then your cousins and family friends listen to it. You're like, yeah, this is, you know, this is my lane. Yeah. But they're very much open mind. They can listen to Here's an example. They're going to, uh, eldest child and friends are going to a JLS concert. I didn't even think teenagers listen to JLS. JLS. I Get thought me. They were, I thought they yeah. up. At the same time, at the same time, Billie Eilish, she's oh a big fan of her. Gosh. But at the same time, she can listen to, I don't know, um, Kanye. Yeah. She can listen to Afrobeat. Her, her friend has sent her Afrobeat playlist, and that's her favourite playlist on Spotify. Is that very moment. different to us? I think when we were growing up, there would be a few 70s tracks that we'd like. 
um, were stuff you, from before we were Were you born. multi-genre? Were you as open-minded as the kids are? Um, not really. I think every single kid starts off into whatever pop is at the time. And this time, it's actually R&B and, you know, it's pretty urban pop now. Right. But that's what you're into because it's the popular stuff and people all listen to it. And you listen to the charts. I remember listening to the charts every Sunday, hear what's number one. And then you kind of evolve. And my sister, my older sister Tanya, was the big influence in me getting into kind of American R&B hip-hop. And in those days, you couldn't just hear on the radio. You had to wait for someone to go to America, <laughs> come back with some tapes. Or, or, or you know what you could do? A few weeks later, you could buy the import for £20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what got me into R&B. And then hip-hop. Funnily enough, hip-hop and DJing, I got into with Yo! MTV Raps. <laughs> that was a huge influence <laughs> on me. Because it brought it to life, didn't it? It brought it to life, and you saw the people, and you saw a DJ, and, you know, it just... So, thank God for getting Sky TV in 92. Yeah, man, I remember those times so that thinking... Was, that was it. Oh, my gosh, they've got a Sky! Yeah. <laughs> now the kids are like, yeah, got it on my phone. Yeah. So, we sound like a couple of really old dudes here. Yeah, let's um, rein it in. Yeah. So, um, what about your kids? How do you find their musical tastes? Um, well, Katrina's 19, so she's she went through a phase of listening to lots of this kind of mumble rap kind of stuff that I, you know, they, I don't know. They, I, I feel very old when I listen to the stuff that she was listening to, but she's kind of moved into a more, she isn't in, she's not into all that drill and trap and all that kind of stuff. She loves Chris Brown. Um, so yeah. She's, you know, the musical taste is never going to be exactly the same with someone who's much younger than you. But uh, I don't know what she's into right now, to be honest. You should ask her. It's good to talk. It's good to talk. Just to clarify, <laughs> she's at uni, so it's not like I'm just ignoring her. Um, and then obviously the the younger ones, their taste is... Uh, don't count for sure, do they? I mean, yeah. Eight-year-old, eight close into all sorts of stuff. Like, just gimmicky that's a, that's a th- gimmicky stuff uh, but she's eight she hasn't developed to me but I think she'll be big into music and I do I do play her stuff like when she says oh what music do you like I'll play her stuff you know obviously radio edits and uh, she'll like it but she's not you know she's eight years old yeah still and the youngest is four and yeah. he likes baby shark and stuff like that there you go you don't give a shit about monotonous, the under five monotonous, opinions. <laughs> monotonous stuff. <laughs> you know those ones where you, where you hear it in your sleep? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the one gimmicky, you mentioned gimmicky tunes, one gimmicky tune I can mess with is Damo um, Tukusita. That one. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's all about now the, the YouTube videos, right? But they're sick of that now. Yeah. Like for about a month, Old Town Road was just on repeat and then they get sick of it because... Move on. You just move on. So, so, talking of moving on, we've been on the pod for long enough. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Caprinas to sit, more blockers to go to, partying to do, uh, Samba Parade to check out. You know, Again, by the time you hear this, it will all be over, so you don't need to feel too jealous. Yeah, we're going home tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. The dream's coming to an end. We're not explain why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, why are we just I, here I without I our family? I left Miss Lou at home. You left <laughs> yeah. your wife. Just wanted to go and um, get rid of the 
family. Okay, so should have started with that. So better state that because some people will be cursing us. How can you be so cruel to your family? So here to celebrate a, a big birthday. The number is not important, and um, yeah, yeah, I think they can work it out. Nice to get away, friends, and um, I'm sure that when Miss Lou's birthday comes around, or I know when it does, I'm sure we'll do something equally as exciting and wonderful. So shout out to Miss Lou again. I'm sorry you missed that. This is a um, strange, strange moment, but is this the first podcast without her? Yeah, indeed. But, you know, with the, the current settings and scenery, I can kind of live with it, if I'm honest. So I'm looking Ms. forward Lou, to I'm, joining I'm, her again. I'm honoured to take your place on this podcast, and I'm sure you'll be back for next week. There you go. All good. So once again, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, leave us a comment, and um, five-star rating. Leave us a comment, we'll shout you out. Make sure you follow us on music to underscore ears, Instagram and Twitter, all that good stuff. Look forward to hearing from you back in wet, windy and dreary England uh, next time round. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Obrigado. Obrigado. Yeah.